G'day Legends Legendaries, welcome to another episode of Generation Get To It, a sugar hit of positivity and help for you to get the most out of yourself to inspire this generation and the next. Make sure you like and subscribe to get the latest episodes, to share the word and get more people out there changing their lives for the better. So for today's episode we have Jake Lalich. Now Jake is a strength conditioning coach which spends, he spends a lot of time doing his work with jiu-jitsu athletes. So Jake has had a long history of being a personal trainer and strength conditioning coach. In fact, he's spent about 20 years doing it. So he's got quite a bit of experience there, which is very rare for someone in this position. He's also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt, uh, has an app called Roll Stronger, which helps benefit athletes around the world for Jiu-Jitsu. And he's got a lot of, uh, got a lot of experience training with professional athletes in multiple sports from players in the AFL, most predominantly the West Coast Eagles, Australian cricket players, lacrosse players, and then even mentions that he did some sessions with the Formula One driver, Daniel Ricciardo. This episode's great. It's got a lot of stuff in terms of being able to think long-term about your approach, particularly when you have a young teenager coming through the program. All the important things you need to know about how to create positive long-term athletic development and ensuring you stay injury-free well into your years. So this episode is all about making sure that you're physically ready, preparing yourself for the long term, and making sure that you can be the best athlete possible and really live a life that you can be very fulfilled by. So without further ado, let's get into listening to Jake. Our training structure. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're an athlete first and coach second. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I kind of feel like that's the best way if you kind of put yourself first, then you, you kind of can look after everyone else as well. It's a brilliant quote. I love that. Um, so as we're going into this, the reason why I was super excited to actually get you on to start chatting about all the things that you do is, well, one, your extensive experience. I saw you did a post the other day talking about how you've been in the industry for over 20 years, which is absurd and so impressive. Yeah. Um, considering the fact that I think most PTs and coaches and things like that will fade out within the first one or two years. The fact you stay in 20 years is insane. Like, how have you done it? Yeah, I think um, I kind of, when I when I first started, like I was actually doing roof plumbing. Like I was like a trade assistant TA as a roof plumber. I was like 18 years old. I'd only just moved to Perth. Um, because I was quite a good Australian footballer, like a young, you know, um, talented football player. And, and I was asked to kind of move to Perth from Kalgoorlie. I was born in Kalgoorlie, which is like a country town. And I got asked to move to Perth to play football. And, um, you know, I left home. I was living on my own, had to make money. And uh, a family friend had a business that did roof roofing. And I kind of just got a job and... um. So I was playing in the WAFL in the Colts program and uh, there was a strength and conditioning coach. We had our strength and conditioning coaches there and there was a strength and conditioning coach by the name of Matt Barber. So he was like, he trained some sort of like Olympic level athletes and um, he was a strength, he was a strength and conditioning coach for West coast Eagles. I think in the early nineties, like he, he had, um, you know, he had a lot of, experience with elite sport he he worked with like dean capabianco uh, i think it was like linda gaines for taylor i feel like i can't remember all the names it was quite a long time ago 
but he was our strength and conditioning coach. And I remember being in the gym and I was just so fatigued from like working in the sun and carrying roof sheets all day and stuff. And he asked me like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm doing roof plumbing. And he's like, nah, quit that. You just be a personal trainer. And I, I didn't even know what a personal trainer was. I never even heard of one. I was like, what do they do? And he's like, uh, you know, this is what they do. I was like, how do I even do that? And uh, back then, it was like, didn't use the internet. It was like the newspaper. And they had, uh, like, newspaper articles with, like, courses that you could do. And it was like, I think it was like a eight-week course or ten-week course or something like that. I went and did I went and did this course. And then I was, like, a qualified personal trainer, you know, working in the gym. And I had really had no idea what I was doing. I was like... I was 18 years old. I was, you know, I was kind of just fit because I'd trained my whole life. I really didn't understand how to get someone fit that wasn't fit and this kind of thing. So that was kind of like how it all started. And then I think like it was a really good job for me to support because I, I wanted to play in the AFL and I wanted to like progress my football. And that meant that I was like training all the time and I was, um, you know, that was my priority. So <clears throat> this job just enabled me to kind of work around the hours that I was dedicating to training and it was in the gym and the gym was air-conned. It was just kind of everything was worked really well for my um, football. And I never even really took the job seriously. Like uh, I, I remember like it was like a family member of mine. I, I'd been a personal trainer for like a couple of years at that point and like they, he, he asked me like, oh, when are you going to get a real job, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, you know, not now, but, but in the future. I just didn't even consider it to be kind of a real job at that point in time. Like, uh, um, And then as I started to work in it more and more and more and I started to learn things and I started to actually be able to help people with things and you start to help a few you, – you help your first client lose 10 kilos or – you know, at that point in time, I was just training everyone and anyone, you know, anyone that would pay me pretty much. Was, that was my target market, you know. And, um, yeah, so I'd say like the first five years or so was just because it, it was a it was a really good job to support my football. And uh, that was the main reason, like why I did it. And I used to get a lot of clients just from being involved with the football club and, you know, just being in the gym all the time and, and things like that. Um, but it wasn't until probably when I stopped playing football that I – and I, I started to realise, like, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to play in the AFL. I'm, you know, I should probably start to think about what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, you know, um, and at that point in time, I was spending a lot of time playing, like, um, training football and – and that I was spending a lot of hours at the football club. So when I stopped, I just started putting that time into my own training, learning and, and things like that. So then it was just, it almost feels like I've had two parts to my career, like a personal trainer that was a personal trainer just because it suited his football and was a good, you know, job to have at that point in time. But then, when I finished playing football and I had to make a career decision, like what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Um, and then I started to take it way more seriously. And then there's been that second part of my career, which is 
it's easily been the best part of my career, you know. Yeah, it's amazing how you've just fallen into it because I'd agree. I think when it comes to personal training, most people do it out of uh, simply that's convenient. It's like, oh, I can, I like to train out train a little bit i like the exercise i'm just going to do that because i'm sure it'll be so simple and clients will just come to me and everyone thinks that yeah it's like a halfway job like it's not really a thing that you're going to commit to it's something you'll try for a little bit and realize that you're a bit of a a fake or a fraud in what you're doing and then you'll move and do do a real job oh it's yeah exactly that like um you because i would say in that first part of my career like I, i didn't make much money you know i didn't i didn't have a lot of clients i struggled a lot but it didn't really matter because like football was my priority at that time. And, um, and I think, yeah, it was, it was the football that enabled me to stay like doing it for long enough to realize like, Oh, actually I could, I could do this as a career. And I think like, because of my interest in sport, I always had an interest in working with athletes. Like it was always a goal of mine. So then I was like, well, I actually don't know enough to work with an athlete. Like I, I feel like I'm not. So then I started kind of learning. And after like a career of playing football, like I had some horrendous injuries. Like I, I had a, I used to dislocate my left shoulder all the time and I needed to have like a latter shoulder reconstruction where they kind of like reconstruct. Yeah. They changed like a, the coracoid process where the bicep attaches, they move it and put a block in place so that the shoulder can't dislocate anymore. So there's actually a physical bone there, but it's it's they cut the bone off and then move it over and create this block. So it's like a really messed up injury. Sounds, like, broken, sounds like horror films. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I had a broken hand. Um, you know, I have no ACL in my right knee. Like I, I had some horrendous injuries and um when I finished playing football, I was very broken. You know, I was like, I felt like an 80 year old. Like I, I was on anti-inflammatories all the time. I was in a lot of pain and I just started like looking for certain things to help me rehab my body. Cause I was like, I'm way too young to be feeling like this. And I think that was kind of the main driver for me was to kind of rehab my own body. And then I started like going out and searching and I came across like people like Paul Check. Charles Polican, um, and then Ido Portal. And then I started kind of doing, implementing a lot of their philosophies and training. And I actually flew and did some in-person training with Ido. And then I started to notice that I was, I was getting better, you know, like maybe six months or 12 months after doing that style of training and implementing those things. And then it just became about sharing what I was learning and I think like a lot of people knew me as this like broken footballer. Like I had a lot of injuries. I had a hip injury as well. But then people were starting to see me all of a sudden, like I have this messed up shoulder, but I'm doing like 60 second freestanding handstands. And, you know, I'm, all of a sudden I'm doing all this other stuff. And people started to get curious as to what I'd been doing to rehab myself. And then people started inquiring like, oh, could you help me with this? Could you help me with this? And, and then I just basically started teaching what I'd learned in that time of rehabilitating myself to the point where someone asked me the other day, like, oh, you know, when do you feel like you're in your physical prime? You know, like, when do you feel like you're the, but I actually feel like I'm in my physical prime now. Like I feel way stronger, way more mobile. Like um, I did the Noosa triathlon 
without really training for it recently. And like, I just, I kind of, I feel, I feel really good now. And I, like, I kind of wish I had this knowledge back when I was like, I, I feel like I became the person I needed when I was playing football because I, I kind of didn't have that, you know, guidance of you know, how to get the most out of my body at that point in time. Like I had some good coaches around me and good, but I think like uh, once you start to get injured and you need specific like rehabilitation and you need certain things, like I just didn't have that at that point in time. And um, I think I just, yeah, I became the, the personal trainer I needed or the strength and conditioning coach I needed when I was an athlete. Yeah, well, so so what what did you need and what were the things that you learned from these guys like Ida Portal that gave you the skills and the experience and the knowledge to actually become the PT or the SNC that, that you needed along the way? Yeah, I mean, it's like so many things that you don't, like a friend of mine who's a jiu-jitsu black belt, he said, you know, when you're young, you don't learn things, you acquire it. You know, you just, you like, it's like you see an adult trying to learn a language and they're having to really learn and struggle. And But when you see these, like, kids that grow up in a bilingual home and they just speak two languages just because they've just absorbed this, this two languages, you know, they, they acquire that skill. So at, with football, I never really had to learn, like, I, I didn't really learn how to be a good football player, right? I didn't really learn how to, I just kind of, I always played football and I had really good coaches around me and I had a really good teammates at that time. Like I had a, I played in really successful junior, junior football teams and stuff. And, um, but then I think when things started to go wrong for me, like I started to have injuries and I started to have, I was so used to things going right for me that when things were going wrong for me, I didn't know how to turn that around I didn't know how important like you know I didn't know how important nutrition was I didn't realize how important sleep was uh, I didn't realize anything about mobility you know the thing with mobility you know I kind of at that time I just thought that we were born with that level of mobility like I'd look at someone and be like oh yeah they're super flexible but they're born like that you know because I was naturally talented with football and this and running I was a really good runner you know, that was my natural. And then I looked at people that were like flexible and I was like, oh yeah, but they're just, that's just, they're born like that. You know, I didn't realize it was something that you could train and develop. And I didn't have anyone around me saying, no, you, you just need to do this movement and, you know, this exercises and these progressions, and this is how you take yourself from A to B. You know, I think, especially in team sport, you know, you have one, especially in like lower tier professional, like it's like it's it's professional level, but it's not really because it's it's just a little bit more professional and demanding than, say, country sport or amateur sport. Um, but still, you've got like one guy in the gym with a squad of like 60 footballers. So how is he going to get around and, you know, give the education to each on technique or maybe they're not squatting full range or maybe this kid's ankles are super tight. So like here's some progressions to like develop more ankle mobility or whatever. Like you just, the, the coaches at that point don't have time. 
to get around and make those individual changes. And I think like a lot gets missed, you know, and a lot gets, uh, and then, and then it just becomes like, instead of teaching you how to do a proper squat and how to do a proper, you know, full range of motion, something, something, it's just like, here's the program, do the sets and reps to the best of your ability, like the, the, the way that you do it. And it doesn't become about like movement quality. It just becomes about doing the work and doing the sets and do it, lifting the loads. And, but it's like you're strengthening kind of like faulty patterns and then that's what kind of leads to problems. So I, I feel like I became that guy that's kind of like more an educator, you know, like I, like I work with, so there's a couple of young kids that I work with since they were about 11 years old. And it just ha so happened that, um, their mum was a receptionist at the gym that I was working at and she was a big West Coast Eagles fan and I was working with Josh Kennedy at the time from West Coast Eagles and he came in to do some work with me and then after the session, she said, do you, oh, can, I would love you to do a session with my boys, you know, one's 11 and one's, I think, 13 at the time or something. I was like, sure. And they, you know, they love cricket, they love football, they love like, all the sports. And they, they came in, they started working with me and they're still working with me to this day. And uh, Tom, the oldest one, he's 18 now, you know, and he's playing Colts level WAFL football for uh, Claremont Football Club. But if you see his physicality because of what he's done and if you see the way he squats, you see the way he lifts, you see the way he moves, you see his overhead range, like you see all these, like he's, he's an absolute weapon. You know, and whatever they give him in the gym, I'm 100% confident that he can execute the movements really well. He's going to get the most out of it. So he'll get the most out of the program that they give him. But where it goes wrong is a kid that's never been exposed to good technique, good foundations, you know, and then the coaches, they give the program, but they don't have the time to kind of educate. And then that's where it, it can go really wrong. Um, you start to just cause problems like further down the line. So that mm. was what I, I wanted to become that person that was like more educating people, getting people focused on executing like movements really well first and then getting really strong, you know, that, that kind of approach where I sort of see myself filling a gap. Yeah. I can definitely see the benefit of having, like I would have loved to have you in my gym when I was, a young fella, because from what you said there and what I can completely agree with is the whole idea of long-term athletic development. So especially for your kids when they get to a certain age where they start to go through puberty, you can obviously see the effects of someone who's been doing all this foundational work when it comes to movement and mobility and strength and things like that to make sure, yeah, like I said, get the right technique and then see as you start growing up and your body limbs start to change and uh, we all know like when you start working with 12 and 13 and 14 year olds that their limbs are like octopus limbs at certain points because they go through these huge growth spurts and you don't know they don't know which which side to come out of them and like it's just it's a whole big thing so i completely agree with like the fact that you know you need to think of these long-term benefits which are going to come from having this mobility and movement but I also don't know, like I completely really resonated with the story you told at the start of that, which was around the fact that 
like you've always had an injury because like just like you I also was uh an athlete that uh lost it all to a couple of injuries <laughs> um, yeah yeah I've also had a double shoulder reconstructions from MCL on my knee and a whole range of other things and I do believe a lot of that was due to the fact that I never had someone in the gym that was going to actually help correct me until all these poor movement patterns had, had begun. So even when I was playing rugby at a half-decent level when I was in the under-20s, like, same thing. We had one S&C, one strength addition coach to about 40 of us. And so you had his only comp thing to say, like, if we had bad technique, all he'd say is, oh, I'll just drop the weight. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Like, <laughs> and it could be it could be saying like I just generally don't have the flexibility to do the right movement. Mm. So I can understand like it's just so important that to have that basic level of movement and mobility is just is really important for I think any sport you can really play. And it's seen from the resume as we spoke about before we started was that you didn't work with players that you know cricket players, lacrosse players, uh, AFL players. You said you've even done work with Daniel Ricciardo in F1, and I'm sure, and now you're like doing most of your work with jiu-jitsu athletes where obviously movement and mobility and strength through all the movement is crucial to performance. So it seems like what you're doing is really adapting across many different sports, but does it also like, how do you see it adapt to just your average plumber or carpenter that you see as well? Like, do you see the same benefits across the whole spectrum of people? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like anyone can benefit from um, just being in the gym and improving across the board, like, you know, mobility, strength, basic movement patterns, learning how to, um, you know, because most people I get exposed to that have never really done anything is like they're so limited in what they can actually do. I don't know, simple things. Like I had a guy I worked with who wanted to uh, – he actually came into the gym because he wanted his son to get in shape. He wanted his son to lose, I think it was like 15 kilos or something like this. And he uh, – so Daniel Ricciardo's, uh strength and conditioning coach, Marco Italiano, is a friend of mine. And that's how I, I did a few sessions with with those guys, uh, Michael and, and Daniel, together. And, and Michael obviously travels the world with Daniel and, and he's – he had a family friend reach out to him and say, you know, I want to, I want to get my son to lose some weight. And who, who do you recommend? And he recommended him to come see me. So he come in to see me with his son. And uh, I actually ended up saying to him, I was like, yeah, but you know, you need to lose like 20 kilos yourself, you know, like, and you know, you, it's the example that I'm you're sure saying. He would love that. Yeah. <laughs> he would love the fact <laughs> bring his kid and he's getting roasted on the spot. At his way. <laughs> he ended, he lost over 20 kilos. His son ended up losing over 20 kilos as well. But what, what I was getting at is he messaged me after a family holiday and he, he'd gone snowboarding at the time. And he said, like, oh, man, you don't understand how good a feeling it is to just be able to hang out with my son and go snowboarding and be able to snowboard and not be in pain and to be able to do the movements. And, you know, because probably a year prior to losing all that weight and getting in shape, like he would have sat on the sidelines, you know, or he would have stuck to the easy runs while his son was off doing more you know like kind of crazy uh, ski runs and stuff and the fact that he got himself in shape and um just was able to participate in an activity 
with someone, you know, with your son, it's like that's a special thing. Um, so that's, you know, there's many benefits to even if you're not an athlete. I mean, just getting yourself in a place where you can participate in life, you know, like uh, that's kind of like I like I, I learned how to salsa dance, and um, the reason what like in in Perth, yeah, every Sunday we have a beach called Scarborough Beach. They have a massive amphitheater. And it's like has some steps and everyone kind of sits on the steps. And then everyone that knows how to salsa dance, they play music and everyone's on the dance floor, right? And it's like there's way more people spectating than there is dancing. But the ones that are dancing are having the most fun, you know. And um, like I always want to be a participator, you know. Like I never – I hate being a spectator. I, I never – I get offered free tickets to like – sport all the time and I just turn them down because I, I, I actually don't like being a spectator. I like playing and I like being a part of, because I think it's way more fun. It doesn't have to necessarily be sport, you know, it's just like if you're physically capable, you can just participate in way more things. You can just have way more fun and you can, um, you know, or you can just choose to be a spectator and sit on the, in the stands, you know, and I just, that's just not me. I, I, I would much, and I, you know, that's what I encourage people to do is like I, that. I think that's become my job is like going up and getting people out of the the stands and like saying, man, you, you need to participate. You need to get yourself doing stuff, you know. <laughs> so that's the benefit I feel. Oh, I love that. I loved every second of that. I just, I could like, I agree so much. I, I think there's so much inside of us that tells us we're going to go do these things but we're afraid of what doing it will, will where will leave us right but like i said just making this some small changes to actually give yourself in the ring and understand how important it is like whether it is being able to like lose a bit of weight or practice a few lessons here and there but all in all i think yeah there, there's so much joy in just living in the experience and having parents like I don't know me, but my parents, my parents are very active in in the way that we're living our life and everything like that. So I couldn't imagine having them in the sideline and not having them there with me because I feel like all the best experiences you have are when you're actually in there in the ring or on the field or in on the dance floor, just you know having having a crack at it, even if you're terrible. But I just yeah. love the way they said how like it's all about just giving it a try and you know seeing seeing all the fun because like looking at watching something looks is fun but the same but it's not as it's not as anywhere near as experiential or you're not going to learn anywhere near as much unless you're actually in there so yeah, uh, yeah i completely resonate with what you're saying but i yeah. think that um when it comes to what you're doing with the mobility movement stuff i think that's something that a lot of us could really learn from where you said that putting well i think putting yourself in these uncomfortable positions when it comes to progressing through your, whether it's jiu-jitsu or to make sure you're actually, you know, trying to get better, more out of your life. I think that's a really big part of, of, of experiencing is learning how to move and learning how to actually get into all the positions that you need to for life. So I think what you're doing with that is super impressive. Thanks. So when it comes to these people who probably aren't quite there yet and they don't know where to go, where's somewhere that you'd like them to start in terms of like simple practice they can start doing to help you know, or like a simple principle they can start taking action into right now so they can enjoy more time with the kids or they can get better at their sport or even teach it to their kids. So that means that the kids are able to better get the most out of their movement. 
Yeah, I think it's so broad because, you know, everyone is um, everyone's starting in different places physically and everyone has different interests and, you know, different um, – but I would say, like, uh, there's this thing about people that are maybe not moving well, they're not fit, they're, maybe they're overweight, you know, these kind of things, and then the kind of automatic solution is – that oh, I need to go to the gym and I need to lift weights and I need to um, – and that's one option. But I think there's all these other options for people that um, – and, you know, I see it in jiu-jitsu a lot actually is like people start doing jiu-jitsu to lose weight. And, uh, you know, the, there's also like social basketball competitions. And, you know, I think like indoor rock climbing is one of the best places that people can start uh to just build general strength and movement and and pro because you know there's an element of problem solving and you have to kind of use your brain a bit and uh like i don't know if you've spent much time in a rock climb gym but they're like they're one of the most supportive communities getting around like people are always going to come and oh like you know uh match your hands on this hold and do this and, you know, turn your body. And the, people are always kind of so supportive in those environments. Same as jiu-jitsu, you know, like you go to a jiu-jitsu gym, it's a very supportive environment. I think I tell this to people all the time. It's like if you went to Bunnings, for example, you bought a plant, you know, you spent a fair bit of money, you bought this expensive plant and you brought it home and you put it somewhere, you know, what are the first things that you're going to do? What are you going to think about? And it's going to be well, how much sun does it need? You know, does it need shade? Does it need this? How much water do I water every day? Do I, whatever, what kind of soil does it need? You know, you're going to manipulate the environment to get the most out of the plant. And, you know, if you put that plant in a place and then after a month it starts dying, you're just like, you're not going to be like, oh, that's such a shit plant. You know, it's, you know, it's, uh, you're going to change the environment. You're going to put it out in the sun more or you're going to give it less sun or you're going to give it more water, less water, change the soil. Like you're going to do something to manipulate the environment. And uh, I think sometimes people are stuck in like a maybe an unhealthy work environment, an unhealthy home environment or whatever it is. You know, the best place to start is to find an environment where you can thrive and be supported and, uh, you know, physically challenged. And, you know, that is the best place to start is like looking at your environment and putting yourself into a community or uh, somewhere where you'll, you'll be influenced by that environment. And then what you decide to do beyond that point, that, you know, it will unravel itself. It's like, you know, just like you change the environment for the plant, the plant is just going to start to get the nourishment it needs and it's going to grow the way it's supposed to grow. You know, it's like you don't actually have to do anything. It'll just start to happen. So I think like, you know, if people are struggling, if people are in a bad place, if people are not healthy as what they want to be, if it's, you know, they're not as happy as they want to be in their physicality or whatever it is, I think changing their environment is the number one that's the first step and then everything else after that is you can learn you know uh, like for example you put yourself into a jiu-jitsu community you know you start to surround yourself with those people you start to get into a good routine of going to the gym 
uh, and then all of a sudden you you go to jujitsu and you're like, oh, I'm I'm always feeling sick in the stomach before you know when I'm training, and then you find out it's not a good idea to eat a burger before you go and train or or whatever. So you you start to change your diet because you don't want to feel sick on the mats anymore, and then you ask a few other people like, oh, what are you eating for lunch before class? And they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm eating this. So maybe then you start to adopt the diet of the friend that you've made at jiu-jitsu and then all of a sudden you start to notice a, a positive benefit there. And so that's kind of how what I mean, like things can unravel itself. Um, yeah, I think that's the first place to to look. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's just so funny that you mentioned that. I went to the rock climbing gym, went bouldering, and uh, on like one of those high ropes ones uh just the other day on the weekend actually first time in about five years i reckon i went and i absolutely loved it it was it was really like it's really challenging and i agree you'll have you'll be there doing your own stuff and then someone will be like oh you could you could try to do this if you want or like you'd be so supportive like oh you almost made that like, like it's just such a good environment so yeah, I, I agree i think it's really cool but of course jiu-jitsu is where we met i I think that's one of the best environments I've ever come across where, like I said, when you put yourself in the right room with the right people, you can get a lot out of it. And especially when you're in an environment where things are challenging and you're surrounded by people who know just a little bit more than you, I feel like that's one of the best ways to be there because they can help support you along the way, tell you that what you're going through now is is stressful, but it's also normal. And it's mm. also the best way for you to grow. So I guess just like that plan, yeah, putting yourself in the right environment with the right people in the right conditions is going to be really important. Yeah, I mean, jiu-jitsu is an amazing community. I mean, it's the willing, people's willingness to help each other when you go there. And and what's interesting about jiu-jitsu as well is that you might have someone that's younger than you that's uh, a higher belt than you that you're learning from. And, you know, um, vice versa, you might have someone way older and then – I think the good thing about jiu-jitsu is there's always someone better than you, but there's always someone that's a little bit worse than you as well. And then at some point during the jiu-jitsu journey, you also start becoming a teacher. And then that starts reinforcing things for you as well. So it's like you're, you're learning and you're teaching and you're, you're, you're helping others, but you're getting helped. And it's like, yeah, jiu-jitsu is definitely one of the best, communities that I've been like put myself into and I think that's like one of the reasons why when I transitioned out of because like all the stuff I was doing before was a very lonely isolated practice you know like hand balancing you were just it's you in a room upside down on your hands for hours <laughs> uh you know it's it's there's no interaction there's no like human connection there's no physical touch of contact like there's no conversation or dialogue as you're just on your own practicing this thing it's very can be very empty in in a lot of ways and that was the thing i'd always come from team sports so going into like a jiu-jitsu is just easy you know mm. because you're surrounded by people you have that community so for sure i think jiu-jitsu is one of the best yeah i i think it's a great way to sum it up so i understand that you're working a lot with jiu-jitsu now. You've got like a pretty cool app that I've checked out. Um, do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah. So as I said, like I just started to get asked more and more and more about like what I was doing uh, 
with other athletes, other sports, by the people that I was training with. And also, I started to change the way I was training to kind of like physically prepare myself better for like rolling and uh, getting less injured. And I started noticing certain things. So I started to put a lot of programs together. And, uh, you know, I wanted to um, make available like all of those things that are going to support your jiu-jitsu practice, you know, like recovery, mobility sessions, strength and conditioning, like what to do in the gym uh, between sessions. Also overall training volume, you know, like how to make sure you just like you're not completely overtraining and risking injury because you're exhausted all the time or, you you know, how to manage all of those things. Uh, we have like a nutrition element that can help you kind of track your calories and uh, – you know, all of those aspects built into the app as well. And uh, I also wanted to create like a community, like a global community of people that were kind of interested in the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, you know, like not just training jiu-jitsu, but like being healthy in the gym, spending time in nature, you know, like um, uh, working on themselves, um, being the, you know, healthy body composition like all of these things so you know we have a community aspect we have a community forum aspect of the app we have the mobility programs we have strength programs we have high performance programs for um people that want to compete you know so how to support their training so with that kind of thing we factor in deloads and like how to taper things before competition uh different aspects so it's more uh, their programs for people that they can follow with some guidance around, you know, so that people can learn, a, a, you know, an educative tool as well as like a training tool, you know, so people can just go to the gym. They know exactly what to do. It has the sets. It has the reps. It has the tempo. It has the video explaining how to do it. Um, you know, they can record their notes, you know, when they go to do the session the next time, it's already going to pop up like this is the weight that you used last time. You know, everything's kind of mapped out. And I think uh, the more people use the app and they start to be able to track everything and they start to produce better results. And then, as I was saying, the environment is, is important. So that's why we have the community forum. There's like a group of people that are supporting each other, going through the same programs, going through the same process. Some that are higher belts, some that are lower belts, some that have competed a lot people that haven't competed. So there's like a dialogue in there um, daily where people can, you know, kind of communicate with like-minded people. So that's that was the the idea behind the app. And and really selfishly because I want to train jiu-jitsu for the rest of my life and I want to I, – but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to open a jiu-jitsu gym or, you know, anything. I, I want to be involved in the jiu-jitsu community and kind of support in the best way that I know – and that's because, like, you know, for 20 years, this is what I've done, you know, and uh, it's my way of kind of contributing to the jiu-jitsu community without necessarily, like, teaching jiu-jitsu. Love it. And, and what's it called? Uh, Roll Stronger. Roll Stronger. Awesome. Yeah. It, fantastic. It seems like it's, yeah, it's got everything you need to be – a jiu-jitsu athlete which i think is amazing yeah, yeah i think i think the other 
I think the other thing is like uh, we have a lot of like people that they may be called jiu-jitsu hobbyists, but you know what's really important for those people is that they don't get injured because if they take time off work, they're losing income. You know what I mean? So the mm. the app is to support them and their body and like making sure they're physically capable of handling the demands of jiu-jitsu so that there's less risk of being injured and having to take time off work and these kind of things as well. Perfect. Well, I think that a lot of people can would really appreciate that since I feel like every second week I've got a new niggle that's causing <laughs> me to roll out of bed very tenderly in the morning. So, yeah, I'm going to Cool. So I've got a question that I asked all my podcast interviewees. What was something that stuck out to you personally for growing up from growing up in your family that you'd love to pass them to the next generation? Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> this one stumps everyone. <laughs> yeah. From me growing up to, yep. uh, I, I would say the thing that sticks out for me that I would pass on, and I do pass it on to, like, for example, the kids that. I'm training that are now um, that are now like starting to play waffle footy and they're starting to, you know, that I, I've been training them for around five years. And I, like, I, know, I always, from the very beginning of starting working with them, I was saying like, look, I know that your under 12s grand final this week is really important, <laughs> but what's more important is, you know, the physical shape that you're going to be in when you're 18, 20, uh, you know, the skills that you develop, the lessons that you learn along the way, like it, yes, it's important. You want to try to win this, this, but I think like playing a longer term development, having a longer term strategy. And, and I'll tell you why is because, you know, I was, like I said, I, I was a very good football player when I was younger and I used to play in my grade and then uh, the the grade above me, so the year above me, they used to play straight after, right? So I would play a full game of football in my age age group. I would go in, change my Guernsey because I would need to wear a different number in that team. And then I would go out and play a full game again in a grade above, and uh, which was great because I was playing at a higher skill level, but it actually wasn't great because I was fatigued and I was fatigued and then playing against like physically bigger, stronger bodies and like the risk of getting injured. Like I was fatigued and I was demanding more out of myself playing against bigger, stronger, more mature. Uh, so, you know, at that point in time, like I wish someone had said to me, like, look, play one game, you know, and, if you want to play at the higher skill level, do it fresh and prepare yourself to be, you know, because I feel like a lot of my injuries came from, like, I, I remember I the first time I dislocated my shoulder, uh, I used to do the same thing when I was, I was playing Colts. So I'd play under 18s at the age of 16. I was 16 years old. I'd play Colts under 18s. And then there was a reserves game. So like a, 
the, the seconds team would play. So there was a bit of a break. And then I would play A grade against men. So I'd played a full game of football in the morning and then and then I'd play, you know, uh, in, in, and I, I didn't play a full game, but I was playing against men. And I remember um, Robert Hansen, he, Robert Hansen Jr., he just got drafted to North Melbourne, but I used to play against his dad. And um, he was a big, really strong midfielder. And I remember I went to tackle him as like a 16-year-old, having already played a game of football earlier, and I dislocated my shoulder. And I like, mm. I, you know, I then I had that, I carried that injury with me for the rest of my life, you know, and it's like, had I not been so fatigued and, you know, would it have made a difference? Like, I don't know, but, but I think if I could pass anything on, it would be to just be patient, you know, like just like learn what you need to learn and develop what you need to develop. And your time is going to come, you know, like your time to shine or your time to like perform. And, you know, um, I remember it was like Cadell Evans or something like that. He won the, like he won a, I don't know. Did he, did he win the Tour de France? Or I, I don't know. He did. He did, he did win the yeah. Tour de France. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. That's Aussie ever. Yeah. 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 So, so, but I remember in his speech, he said like uh, all of those times that he'd lost and all of those times that he'd done all this uh, was worth it because he he's now won, you know, he's now achieved his dream. And I think sometimes people just get a bit impatient to achieve what they, they want to achieve and they kind of, yeah, push themselves a little bit too hard, too quick. I think it's like, you know, being patient, letting things take their time, developing and you know your time, time is going to come. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point that a lot of people can take away, and myself included. I do definitely also get caught up in trying to do things too quickly and to get burnt out and to get injured, and you know it is really important to think of that long term approach. So I I really like that that point you said said that I've been patient and thinking, what do I, what am I doing today? What I do today. Is it contributing to a better me in five, ten years, or is yeah. it going to inhibit me along the way? So yeah, really I, I, there was a there was a there was a coach that said one time, uh, consistency beats intensity every time. You know, it's like yeah, you could come in and do the the craziest, hardest, most complex workout, but if you then can't show up to the gym for the next five days because you're so sore, like yeah, it was pointless. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, most people doing their six week. But, Fat loss diets and things like that. Like it's yeah. <laughs> go real, go real hard early and then don't do anything after that. Um yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Very, really, really cool, Jake. Um, well, let's let's wrap it up by yeah, letting everyone know how they can get in contact with you or you know, social media or anything like that. What have you what have you got out there at the moment? Yeah, anyone who's interested in jujitsu, like should check out Rolf Stronger on Instagram. Uh we also have a YouTube where we we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline coming out there. Um, but most of our stuff is posted on Instagram at the moment. And then my own personal uh, page where I share some stuff is Jake Lalich on Instagram. And uh, they're the two places to, to kind of find my work at the moment. Well, awesome. Well, Jake's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for jumping on, sharing all your knowledge. And uh, you. mate, I'm keen for a next role whenever you're back over. Yeah, Coast I'm back in April. I'll be back in April, so... Perfect. We, Just we a talk about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Another great episode from a person who has definitely been 
doing a lot of things that he likes talking about. He sounds like he's had a very long run of injuries and has had to find ways to improve himself and make sure that he can stay uh, patient about the way that he's approached certain things. So it's really good to see that he's practicing what he preaches in many ways. One element of that I really liked was how he spoke about being in the ring is really important. So not just spectating, watch from a distance, but if you're someone who's like a dad or a mom or someone who has kids, they want to, you know, push and, and get them in to do more things and have more experiences. It's really important that you are that person too that is in there with them because, well, first of all, they're going to love it, but ultimately you're going to have a great time too and create some really good memories along the way. So I really think it's important that although we learn different things and learn about how we can improve our family and our kids and everyone in between, it's really important that we actually do these things as well. You don't have to be up there doing jiu-jitsu or climbing you know, massive walls and rock climbing, but you can do certain things which are putting yourself in the arena anyway. Like You can do learn how to dance. You can just get to the gym and start learning how to lift weights and also lose weight. There's so many things you can do and all you need to do is start from just a very easy standpoint. The great thing about life is that there are so many different things you can choose from to get you on the right foot. And as long as we can keep that in mind and realize we don't have to jump to the biggest, most baddest thing possible, that's okay. You can maybe aim to get there eventually, but ultimately, it's about just getting yourself into the arena in the first place. And I think that's a very good, important value to live by and something that, that I definitely resonate with as well. So I'd love to thank Jackie Gamp for jumping on. A lot of really important lessons in there, which I I loved. So look forward to seeing what he does with his jiu-jitsu and, and with his coaching in the future because I think he's got a long way to go still, which is very, very exciting. So until next time.